Hey everybody, it's Michael here. I'm one of the stars of the Landlord and Tenant Pod Mess. Hope you're doing well wherever you are. Uh, this week's episode is a little bit shorter than usual, which might be might actually be a good thing. They've been running a little uh, long lately. Basically, we had a small technical snafu. I don't want to get too into it, but uh, I believe that we were targeted by some malicious forces. I don't want to speculate publicly about it, but it's probably it was somewhere in the Balkans or from Russia. These hackers, there's some very bad dudes, and uh, for one reason or another, we lost some of the audio for this week's episode. So it is only the intro, but rest assured, we'll have we right back up to our four hour length episodes before you know it. So uh, please enjoy. Thank you. Everybody and welcome to another edition of the Landlord and Tenant Pod Mess, the only podcast that has the balls to ask the question, can a landlord and tenant be buddies? Hi, everybody. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Landlord James. And with my eyes glued to the election results, um, I am your other co-host. My name is Tenant Michael, and I would like to welcome all of our listeners from around the world to this episode. And I would like to welcome listeners from around the world, too. <clears throat> and Mike, interesting peek behind the curtain here. This is actually our second time doing this intro because uh, I asked to redo it because <laughs> yes. I told a long story that went nowhere <laughs> off the top in our first attempt about RuPaul. Not to not to get back into it, but we stopped because yeah. you were telling a long story where basically the point was that you were your argument was that you were like Canada's RuPaul as, as the yes. host of the show. Basically, it didn't really... Yeah, it didn't really make sense, and I couldn't remember the catchphrase. I was trying to remember that RuPaul says sometimes. <laughs> we should probably veer away because we don't want to have to do this a third time. But yeah, yeah it was a well, rough start. I would just like to point out, just on a on a physical level, mm. you're very different from RuPaul. Um, well, you got a nice thick head of hair, and you got a beard for one thing. And then I'll stop. I'll stop comparing you there. How old is RuPaul? Because. It's. I mean, this is an obvious, probably cliched thing to say, but RuPaul looks amazing. I think RuPaul he's 70? Age. No, 59. He'd look oh. really amazing uh, in your eyes, then, if he was 70. Right. 59. I was just a little bit off. <clears throat> anyway, well, we're a little bit off here today. In um, case you haven't noticed. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, basically because of the goddamn election. I stayed up really late last night. We're recording this on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, and I stayed up late as hell to to try to see the results. I drank too much because I was stressed. Holy crap. What time did you finally go to bed? Oh, man. I don't know. After three? After three. See, I went to bed just after they brought Joe Biden out to make a speech to some cars. That was around 1230 a.m. He spoke to some oh, cars. Mike. The cars loved what he had to say. They started honking and beeping, and he loved it. Uh, did Biden know that he was speaking to cars and it wasn't people? Like, did or What did he think was going on? 
I wonder if he was like, hey, it's like that movie Herbie. It's like the cars are, <laughs> are sentient and they. Hey, cool. <laughs> hey, Herbie, we're going to win, Jack. Imagine like being in the throes of like whatever like dementia that Joe Biden has. And then mm. you're just like whisked out on stage to speak to a bunch of cars that start honking yeah. at you. That must be a thrill. Yeah. Someone's probably like, okay, speak to the cars, Joe. Are you sure about this? Speak to cars? <laughs> yes, Joe, go on, go on. Hmm, I guess so. And he's thinking, yeah, there are a bunch of, like, Herbie cars going like, hi, Joe, beep, beep. <laughs> oh, it'd be a thrill to speak to cars. But uh, anyway, yes, we were... It would have been, it, it been good, too, if he tried to, like, speak their language. So he starts going, like, beep, beep, honk, honk. <laughs> uh. Here's my message. This... <laughs> this election's about f- taking back the soul We're of America. Build more beep, roads beep. for you guys. <laughs> uh, but it is crazy. The uh, as we record, the uh, it's still un- unsettled. Who has won? Biden is slightly in the lead in the whatever electoral college votes. If you're not getting your election news anywhere else, this you're at the right podcast. But um, it was v- it's very close right now, and that's surprising to a lot of people, but not to us, right, James? Because we know that we know the. The amazing influence, the iron grip of influence that former NHL hockey player and Boston Bruins legend Bobby Orr holds over the American public. That's right. Um, He took out a full-page ad in a New England newspaper to say you should vote for Trump. And apparently Bobby was very um, quiet about his political feelings (laughs) and personal life up to this point. But I guess he saw a moment in history where he thought... This is a good time to make my mark and have my feelings be known. Be on the right side of history. Yeah. Yeah. And so he came out hard in support of Trump. Now, it seems to me. Yeah. He, Bobby Orr, it seems to me, is just as good at scoring political goals as he is at scoring uh, the hockey type. Uh, He has, you know, given full permission to half of America. He's encouraged half of America to vote for Trump. And uh, it just goes to show. The power of hockey <clears throat> over, uh, you know, America's Americans. politics. Yeah, Americans are crazy about hockey. But, I mean, why is Bobby in America anyway? He's Canadian. I mean, I don't know. I guess he got seduced by, you know, the great Satan, as they call it, during his yeah. years playing by for the Lady Bruins. By Lady Liberty's ample bosom. Yeah. He can't stop suckling it, you know? Yeah. 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 He wants milk from Lady Liberty's ample bosom, <laughs> and he's sucking the hell out of it. Stop sucking, well, Bobby. At a least lot of some people were stressed. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people were stressed last night, Mike. Yes. I mean, listener to the pod mess know, you know, I'm a real political independent. I was, you know, I'm one of those guys who was totally undecided, even still. Um, you know, both candidates have such good arguments. Um, mm. But people were stressed. I was stressed last night. Uh, yeah. It was, you- and it seemed, you know, go ahead. Did you do any stress eating? I saw a lot of t- tweets last night. They're very funny. Each one funnier than the last about, like, I'm stress eating because yep. I can't deal with what's happening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I was stress eating. I had chicken fingers at midnight. Oh, my God. After dinner. Well, after that, dinner. That sounds like the title of a never published Goosebumps story. Chicken <laughs> fingers at midnight. Chicken yep. fingers at midnight. And then... Um, there's like a, a man in a, in a green jacket and a big green top hat and he has long, long (laughs) fingers and he comes in the bedroom at night and they call him chicken fingers. 
Um, anyway, did you read Goosebumps, Michael? Uh, no, I was, I think it came along just as I aged out of that demographic, but mm. I did read the, uh, the, the famous, like the, uh, scary stories to tell in the dark or like more scary mm. stories, which were I terrifying. Like you- I feel like you would have been reading Charles Dickens even when you were, like, six years old. No. A bit of Edgar Allan Poe, though. You know? What's that? A bit of Edgar Allan Poe. Hey, you want to know something interesting I read? I learned this week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe, when he was 27, mm. married his 13-year-old cousin. He reminds me of a certain killer, as he's known. Of course, I'm talking about Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> he's known as a killer? The killer. That was his uh, his oh. nickname. Yeah, was it, wow. Did he, he, mar- he married his 13-year-old cousin, too? I think she was 12 or 13, and it ruined his career. Yes. Yeah. Was that what Great Balls of Fire was about, that Dennis Quaid movie? Yes, and Winona Ryder plays his uh, much-too-young cousin, and... Uh, it's kind of sick. Like, they're, are they sort of romanticizing uh, the incest? Uh, I don't think the movie romanticized incest. No. It just told the story of how... He, uh, how that marriage, like, and and his personal demons, sort of uh, r- torpedoed his career. Yeah, I could see that not being great for your career. No, if if I was a manager of like a you know a Canadian comedian, and he's like, listen, I'm in love with my 13 year old cousin, I would advise against it. I don't think you're booking uh like a Scotiabank ad after that. Yeah, um. It probably, you know, I mean, if, if that ruined your career in the 50s, Lord knows what it would do today, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The cancel parade would be out in full force. Yeah. Like, um, who's like, who's like on the same scale? Because like Jerry Lee Lewis was a superstar when he first burst onto the scene. Okay. Like, who's like a, who's a comparable, comparably sized star mm. today? Like Adam Levine or something? Like, what if Adam okay. Levine suddenly was like, oh, you see like the uh, photo shoot in Vanity Fair or something of him. You know, he had a quiet, just friends and family wedding to his 13-year-old cousin <laughs> on in Malibu. Well, you know, yeah. And Edgar Allan Poe, Edgar Allan Poe, the OG of marrying your young cousin, I guess. That's surprising that a guy who was so gloomy and wrote about, you know, the macabre and, uh, you know, the darkest regions of the human soul, that he would be attracted to uh, a 13-year-old girl. <laughs> um, well, we should probably veer off this topic because, <laughs> I mean, there's only so many directions we can really go. and We don't want to get sued also. You know? Hmm? We don't want to get what? sued by Edgar Allan Poe's estate. Well, I was trying to veer you away from uh, implicating Adam Levine because, oh, okay. I mean, he the, probably odds are at least one member of Maroon 5 listens to the landlord and tenant bod mess. Right. And if they tell Adam, bye, Mike, <laughs> and you're not using my lawyers. Imagine being, so you're a 13-year-old girl minding your own business, and suddenly it's like, oh, uh, your cousin's here to see you. <laughs> and you, you uh, go into the, to the sitting room. And it's your, like, pale, wan, sweating, like, sort of filthy cousin Edgar Allan Poe, who, who's, like, famous for, like, oh, yeah, you wrote a, you wrote all these f- fucked up short stories about, like, a, you know, a guy who's t- tormented by a beating heart under the floorboards, or, like, uh, a, a, you know, a guy who's... A wacky raven. A wacky raven. Uh, a guy who's like who lures his enemy into the basement and then chains him to the wall and builds a wall in front of him and hears his screaming until he dies. Oh, and he has a question to ask you: Will you marry me? <laughs> uh, 
And also, I'm just I'm just gonna say it. Edgar Allan was not hot. Um, if you look at photos, yeah, he's not exactly like he's no Adam Levine. I'll say he's no Adam Levine. Or, he's no Adam Driver. He's no McSteamy or McDreamy. Yeah. He, if you th- if you think Edgar Allan Poe could have starred in some of the Star Wars movies or um, what is McSteamy on? He's on Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Yeah, Edgar Allan Poe would not have fit into the Grey's Anatomy cast very well. No, I'm trying to describe what Edgar Allan Poe looks like here, just looking at him on Google Images. Honestly, kind of a toe. He looks like a toe. And I feel fine making fun of his looks because he was, you know, seemingly a weird guy based on the cousin info. Do you know if the marriage lasted long and was successful? (laughs) That's a great question. And I don't have that information uh, accessed right now, but I am going to try to find out. Oh, boy. Hmm. Um... We were talking before about stress eating, and Mm. it got me thinking if, you know, stress eating is something that humans have always done. And let me explain what I mean. You know, last night people are stressed that, you know, Donald Trump is going to win again, and people are, you know, um, I guess eating eating their feelings is the way uh, that that saying goes these days. But I wonder if humans throughout history have always stress ate when, you know, catastrophes have occurred or you know, uh, during chaotic events like during um, like when when Germany invaded Poland and kicked off World War II, were the people of Poland stress eating? <laughs> they probably were. Yeah, they probably were. Or like you know, when the Mongols were going all <laughs> over the place, people were probably going, "Oh my god!" You know, or like got um, the M and M's. Oh, there goes Mount Vesuvius again. Uh, great. And then you just find a bunch of, uh, you know, hundreds of years later, there there's an archaeological dig, and you find a bunch of people in Pompeii who were stress eating, and you see them still holding a bowl of gelato to their faces, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's very possible. Uh, so what, what, other, what other kinds of tweets did you notice uh, last night? There's stress eating tweets. I saw some of Josh Gad speaking Spanish to try and inspire uh, Spanish-speaking Americans to, to go to the polls, and I'd like to think it worked. I'd like to think that he got some some Spanish-speaking Americans who were, um, you know, not politically engaged, that he inspired them to go out to the polls and vote. I also saw tweets uh, trending. That, that definitely tracks. Like, you, you yeah. could imagine, like, a Spanish-speaking family maybe <laughs> in, in L.A. or something, and maybe they, they aren't... They aren't very political, and then they probably all look up to Josh Gad. Senior you know, they're Gad. They're probably ch- checking Twitter and like, yes. hey, if he says we got to do this, you know, his word is good with me. I, I never cared uh, much for politics before this. And then I saw this great big guy speaking Spanish on Twitter, and uh, <laughs> my goodness, he's like uh, a blend between uh, Antonio Banderas and Homer Simpson, you know? <laughs> I saw a different Josh Gad tweet this week, and he was like, you got to vote. And if this, if this video gets 10,000 retweets, which is really not that much, I will do all of the Star Wars trilogy as Olaf. You're welcome. <laughs> and, like, I mean, what are you talking about, Josh Gad? I think you should stop doing these things as Olaf and be like, if this gets 10,000 views, I'll, like, I'll post a screenshot of my anus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'd retweet it. Plus, it, it's 
it's more immediate. It takes less time. No one has the time to watch him do the whole Star Wars movie as Olaf. But a nice anus shot. You're in, you're out, you see it, and you can get on with your day. Yeah, we see it. Now we've seen it. We know what it looks like. We're good. We can move on. I agree. Yeah. You um, were saying there were other things you noticed on the <laughs> internet. Yeah, you know, I'm always I'm always checking t- Twitter, and I just notice Yeah, you're a Twitter things. freak. You're internet... Nick, you're an internet uh, Ian. Yes. <laughs> I I saw some things trending that really made me chuckle. Uh, one was the hashtag as a Canadian, and it was Canadians sort of commenting on what what we perceive as the chaos of the you know U.S. election. Uh, but a funner one was the hashtag emotional support Canadian. And let me explain what that is. It was Canadians offering themselves, um, you know, very generously as being like the equivalent of like an emotional support animal. Are you familiar with with, uh, emotional support animals? I am. Right. So if you're like when people like they bring a dog on a plane kind of thing. Yes. They're afraid of flying. And it calms people down right so canadians were being having a little bit of fun and saying like hey americans if you're stressed i'll be your you know if you're suffering from mental illness i will be your emotional support canadian and uh you know i don't think it i don't think it's legal like i don't think you can actually do it it was just kind of a funny joke (laughs) so just a bit of a funny gag some canadians were doing yeah who uses emotional support animals i'm looking this up all sorts of people. people Any, well, who, oh, I see. So it includes like people who can't see that kind of thing. Okay, that totally makes yeah. sense. I was imagining like just someone being like, you know, I'm stressed. I'm like a regular guy. I'm stressed, and uh, I just I just need to be around my horse. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> brings his horse down the street. Uh, but that makes way more sense. Yeah, you, emotional support Canadians. I mean, hell. Imagine um, someone crossing the border from america and they're just like they've been walking for a a week because you know society has broken down and they're covered Mm. in mud and they cross the border you know they sneak under a fence and they they make it to canada and then on the other side they see uh uh they see gordon lightfoot Mm -hmm. and he he starts barking and he runs towards them and then they pet him and they feel better (laughs) (laughs) that's a good idea yeah what other Canucks could we send da- send down to the United States to be pet? Rick Moranis, you know? Rick Moranis. An American gets on a plane and then has a little carrier basket, and then Rick Moranis is all sort of uh, in a ball in the in this little dog crate. Yeah. Yeah, and if you need him, you reach your hand in and give him a pet. How about Ben Mulroney? Oh, sure. You can pet him, you can offer him treats, he can do tricks... He can uh, he can dress himself very nicely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you used to watch the the morning show that Ben Mulroney hosts? Was that your morning show uh, appointment you know, viewing? Four out of five days, I would I would see a few minutes of it in the morning. Um, I think which is the job he gave up in the wake of the. Uh, of the scandal around his wife, did he give up eTalk or did he give up oh, your morning? I forget. Yeah, it's been anyway. a difficult year for the Mulroonies. So, um, so as you record right now, the the election is undecided. Undecided, my it friend. It seemed like on Twitter last night, you know, at first a lot of the sentiment seemed to be that Trump was going to win. 
He did. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what people knew, but on on Twitter, it, that was the, the tone that I saw. Me too. And then it felt like around midnight or something, it kind of veered back to like, actually, maybe Biden's got this. Yeah. And now we wake up today, and I, I what do you what do you think? I mean, it, it feels like it's going Biden to to me, just only based on what people say on Twitter. I guess so. And all those uncounted mail-in votes that are still, you know, being processed. That's, um, you know, if he doesn't win, though, what what do you do? (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Yeah. What are we going to do? What will Canadians have to tweet about um, if Biden doesn't win? We'll be it, it will kind of lose a nice opportunity to be like, ugh, America, you, you fu- you're fucking up. You know what I mean? Because with Trump there, it's kind of easy to say like, poof, might be bad here in some mm-hmm. ways, but look at you. You know what I mean? It's kind of like if your friend who's like a screw up gets a good job and you're happy for that friend, but then you're also kind of bummed because you're like, oh, man, I always used to, you know, improve my self-esteem by comparing myself to you. And now <laughs> you're doing like as good as me. Mm. Anyway, it's uh, it's unbelievable. Do you think that if Trump does lose, everyone's like, oh, he'll you know he'll uh, start a news network and stuff, um, and he won't go away. What if he, I don't know, just became like a like a cast like an SNL cast member? They just absorb him <laughs> onto the show. Donald Trump. Yeah, Trump has to make like characters. Like he, he Lauren Michaels is like, all right, Donald. You're joining SNL as a cast member, no special treatment, so you're going to have to come up with characters, you're going to have to do small parts and sketches your first couple years as a featured player. I've got an idea. Uh, I'm the Uber Eats delivery guy who's got an attitude. That's his Yeah, yeah. So the sketch will be like, "Ah, I'm hungry. Do you want something for dinner? Oh, don't worry, honey. I ordered as Uber Eats. Oh, cool. Ding dong. Oh, that must be him. Uh, your order of the Uber Eats is here. Oh, uh, thanks a lot. Um... Hey, wait a minute. You've taken a bite out of this burger. Yeah, what's your point? Um, my point is I want my burger. I want dinner. Listen, uh, I'm hungry too. You know what I mean. You can imagine I know. where it goes. Next week's guests, uh, it's, uh, Cardi B and Filipino President Rodrigo Duterte. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Next week... Jair Bolsonaro! (laughs) And musical guest, his sons! Oh yeah, he's got some nice... He's got hot sons, you know? He does. Well, I'm I'm buddies with the Bolsonaro family. Yeah. Uh, In COVID, I've gone down to Brazil a few times and hung out with the Bolsonaro boys. The BBs, I call them. Mm -hmm. Not boobies, BBs. And uh, they're great kids. And they're into music and DJing and, and partying and stuff like that. So I think you're going to hear things from them. I'm looking forward to it. Sorry, I yawned. Is that the first yeah, time I've yawned? Right? That's, that's the first yawn on of the, the podcast. That's that's not a great vibe to send out, Mike. It just goes to show how this episode is a little bit different than the usual ones. We're a little bit more tired, a little bit more run down. This is a looser one. It's Yeah, we didn't nail this intro. Like, let's be honest. I, uh, we're loose. It's not as planned as usual, but mm-hmm. uh, we got distracted by the election. We're both in our bathrobes, and we're wearing sunglasses, and we're smoking uh, uh, cigarettes. We're we're all those things. Yeah, we look we look hungover. We got stubble. You we know. look like shit. 
We look like shit. <laughs> I almost got um, stung by a bee today because it's very warm in Toronto, and I th- I've never been stung by a bee or a wasp before. And I th- I thought, just my luck, I'm going to get stung by a bee. Uh, you know, you've never been stung by a bee in November. Never, no. Talk about being a city boy. Jeez, they call me Mister Lucky. I've never yeah, been... evidently. Yeah. So did so. Sorry, I interrupted you. Did did you get stung? Oh, the thrilling conclusion to my story is that no, I wasn't stung by a bee, <laughs> but a bee flew near me. That's a great story. Yeah. So you almost got stung by a bee on November fourth, which seems like it's far too late in the year to get stung by a bee. Is what I meant. Wow. You know how we make those little audiograms that we put on Twitter of clips <laughs> from really good moments from the show. You should cut out that B story and then tweet it out to everybody. Get it on Instagram. Maybe that could inspire the sequel to Jerry Seinfeld's famous B movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We've talked about this with the with our pal Bryn. We certainly have. <clears throat> yeah. Well, do we need to keep to do some more time cuz we're going to edit <laughs> stuff out or uh, should we should we wrap this puppy up let's wrap up this puppy and see if it can sing uh before we go be sure to go to patreon.com slash landlord tenant and give us all of your money to keep the show going um please we appreciate it and uh if you do already donate thank you so much if not please consider it um thank you so much or rate us and review us yeah we don't actually have that many i think we we didn't push that hard enough because we we don't have that many ratings or reviews, even though yeah. I mean we have you know we have listeners and stuff. But can you see a future where people? Because you're talking about a podcast that's rated and reviewed. Can you mm. see a future where people are rated and reviewed? Right, Michael, you're you're literally describing uh, the plot of uh, one of the less good episodes of Black Mirror. Right. So if you you like, haven't even watched that show, but you might like it. No, Although that was a bad episode. That's the one with Ron Howard's daughter. What's her name? Yes. Brie Larson? No. Brian. Bri- <laughs> no. Uh, I forget her name, but, but Miss, yeah. It's, Mrs. It, that Ron. one's not a great one. Yeah. Have you seen the pig sex one? Yeah, yeah of course I have. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You, you're, you're so uh, against tech and sci-fi that I, I didn't know if you had seen a single one. Have you seen the one with the guy who rewinds stuff with his eyes? Yes. Oh, did you like that one? Yes. Yeah, I love. I love that one. He ruins everything by, by his with his obsessions. Yeah, because he suspects his wife is cheating on him, and yeah. and and you're you know they have these futuristic things in their eyes where you can rewind <laughs> what you saw, and he goes bananas trying to prove if she yeah. if she uh, cheated on him, and he loses his mind. And then she leaves him because he's too crazy, and she takes a new job as Doctor Who. <laughs> That's right. She did become Doctor Who. So listen, there's no way you watch Doctor Who. No, I'm not. A, I'm not a Who guy. No. I'm not either. I love sci-fi stuff, but it's. I've never been able to get into it. Is there any? So Doctor Who is famously, you know, a British sci-fi show. Mm. Are there any Irish sci-fi shows? <laughs> Imagine an Irishman traveling through time into the future, into the past. You know, fighting aliens. Could such a thing even happen? That's a great question. I mean, yeah, you associate shows set in Ireland. You always think of like a, a vet in the countryside. Yes. So maybe there's a show about like a vet and a and a robot. I don't know. <laughs> Good point. I remember there was a British show 
where a Northern Ireland man portrayed Jekyll and Hyde, if that counts. Oh, interesting. Is that Ripper How Street? How do they or? talk? They talk like that, don't they? And he was like, I'm I'm Jekyll and, and Mr. Hyde. Oh. Yeah. Depending on what I depending on what I drink, I can be either a nice guy or I I'm I can't really do it. Uh when I go into town, sometimes <laughs> I'm Jekyll and sometimes I'm Hyde. It's really hard. So My is, dad's from Northern Ireland. I should be able to do the voice, but I it's hard. Is I Jekyll, can get certain words. So go ahead. Oh, sorry to cut you off. What were you saying? The uh, I can do the accent on certain words like Tyan yeah. and like Arayand and those sort of things, but it's a, it's a tricky one. Does, in this version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, is like the Jekyll side of him Catholic and the Hyde is Protestant <laughs> and he's like at war with himself and like trying to blow himself up? I never or- thought of that, but that's a great... That's a uh, uh, you know what? That's a great analysis of this British version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Thank you. Thank you. If we can ever travel again, um it'd be fun for us to go on the road and do a live episode in Northern Ireland. Don't you think that'd be fun? <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a couple of downloads in England. Uh I don't think in Ireland, but yeah. yeah, I I think it'd be great. I think they'd love our our brand of humor and our <laughs> Toronto references. So, <clears throat> listeners, if you enjoy that kind of thing, be sure to go to patreoncom slash tenant. Absolutely. Um. Well, loose intro. Not. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, not our best work. You know those. Um, you know your favorite old worn-in pajama pants that mm. the elastic has you know the elastic's shot it's way out you know it's loose loose as a goose mm. that's sort of how i feel this intro went yeah hopefully if you already like the podcast this intro exactly it's kind of like a comfortable pair of sweatpants you slip on uh when you're when uh, even though they're kind of ratty and oily yeah. and um not great so you never wash them and you never wash them yeah um, so hopefully that's what this is, but we have a fun interview coming up, so yes. why don't we take a break and come right back. <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! Now on the Sonar Network, a new podcast from comedy duo Peter and Chris. So there's a successful podcast called My Dad Wrote a Porno. And, uh, so I wrote a porno. They didn't decide what kind of podcast they wanted to do, so... They'll just do them all. Nicholas Cage, this is uh, Peter. I'm part of a uh, more. I know <laughs> who you are. A podcast where each episode promises. This time, it's different. Act one. Is sitting in a hot car really that hot? We investigate. Watch on YouTube or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're gonna like the way you laugh. We guarantee it.